and welcome to the Witch Hut. I'm your host, Chelsea Martinez, and I'm a practicing witch here to add a little bit of magic to your day. This week, I don't have much in the way of the magical to report. There are a few little things, but a lot of my magical activities this week have centered around work on upcoming episodes in the hopes that I can enjoy my husband's summer break and still produce episodes that I feel excited to send out into the world. Next week, I'll have something special for the upcoming full moon, which I foresee becoming a new feature for each full moon. I do want to mention a perfumist that I've really been enjoying the work of, and that is Obscura Hortis on Etsy. The owner, Corinne, makes magical and beautifully evocative scents, and for June, I've really been enjoying one called Beneath the Mystic Moon, which was made to evoke June's Strawberry Moon, although I imagine I'll be wearing this one all summer long. I love to use perfume as a ritual of its own, and I feel much more myself when I'm wearing some type of fragrance. I really like to explore outward expression of spirituality as a witch, so I'm definitely going to talk more about that in a future episode. Today, we're talking about one of my absolute favorite witchy areas of interest, which is divination. I often consider divination to be the gateway into witchcraft because I can't even tell you how many times I've heard, I bought a tarot deck and that got me interested in witchcraft. In fact, tarot was the first witchy thing I ever picked up, and then later on, I returned to witchcraft after getting back into tarot. And tarot isn't the only method of divining the future. Tarot itself is part of cartomancy, which is the use of cards for divination. Playing card cartomancy is, you guessed it, the use of a deck of regular playing cards, and sometimes it's called French cartomancy. French cartomancy eventually led to another similar deck called Lenormand. Lenormand is based on playing cards, but there are only 36 cards in the deck, and each of those cards has both a title and a playing card key. Of course, tarot is also based on playing cards, with additional cards that make the deck a total of 78 cards. In spite of the fact that both tarot and Lenormand evolved from playing cards, they're actually very different from one another. Tarot could be the topic of dozens of its own episodes, but the most simple way to describe it in relation to Lenormand is that tarot is made of 78 distinct cards, each of which could be said to describe a specific facet of the deck, which makes up an entire world unto itself. You can read a tarot card by itself or in a spread, and spreads themselves can be just about anything you can dream up. Tarot is often used for introspection, and it can be difficult to nail down specifics such as timing, physical appearance, or literal objects. Tarot is also not great for yes or no questions, and tarot cards have layers upon layers of nuance, which means that keywords can't always be taken at face value. Lenormand decks are smaller, with 36 cards that are read with at least two cards together. When using Lenormand, you are reading the relationship between the cards, 
which is why Lenormand spreads are usually in a linear or grid pattern. The meaning of the card is influenced by the surrounding cards, both in terms of proximity and in terms of where they are located in the spread. A three card line, a nine card grid, or a 36 card grand tableau are all common spreads for Lenormand. Lenormand card interpretation is also meant to be based pretty much entirely on keywords. And often when reading in a line, your answer will make up a sentence. Lenormand is not necessarily the best for introspection, but it's excellent for external events and it also works well for things like yes or no questions and can also refer to literal objects. I found that a lot of people come to tarot thinking it will do what Lenormand is good at and then they are disillusioned by the experience. It's also important to note that Lenormand cards are typically smaller than tarot so that it's possible to lay out a 36 card grand tableau. Another important thing about the cards themselves is that the image doesn't mean much. What you're looking for is the word. This is different than tarot where the image is meant to work with your intuition. But in Lenormand, words are the main things that you're working with. I use both tarot and Lenormand but I use them for very different things, and often I'll use both in a reading to look at a situation from all aspects. Oracle cards are another branch of cartomancy. They are different from both Tarot and Lenormand because there is no one Oracle system. The person creating the deck creates the system that it follows, which means that it can have a very specific theme, such as romance, or be extremely broad. The sky is truly the limit, and a lot of oracle decks put the artwork first. The typical oracle size is larger than a tarot card to really show off the card images. Oracle, for me, is kind of hit and miss. I have some that I absolutely love, and some others that I notice that I don't reach for very often, even if I love the art. Although cartomancy is usually what people think of when they think of divination, There are a ton of different methods. I'm almost positive that I'm going to miss some, so I'll just go over some of the most common ones that I'm aware of. Scrying is a popular method of divination, and essentially it's staring into something to see patterns or images which you then interpret. Black mirrors are common for this, but you can also use a bowl of water, a flame, or a crystal ball. When you see a fortune teller in a movie gazing into their crystal ball, they're scrying. You can also use something like beads or sand that you toss to create patterns or images. There are a lot of things that you can use. Basically, anything that will make a pattern will work. Tassiomancy is tea leaf reading, and I see it as related to scrying. The process that you use is simple. You drink a cup of loose leaf tea until you get to the dregs, swirl it around, flip your cup, and see what shapes you find in the cup and on the saucer. The placement of these shapes will also impact their meaning and can be used when timing the events of the cup. I want to mention geomancy, even though I'm not at all knowledgeable, because I know that it's gaining in popularity. I read a little bit about it on the blog, The Traveling Witch, 
And this is what they had to say to describe geomancy. It's a system of sortilege, essentially. You can throw dice, flip coins, toss sticks, or any other method you choose to determine odd or even results. The answers, called figures, are made up of four lines of single or double dots. To make one of these figures, you generate a set of four odd or even results. Arrange them top to bottom. That's basically it. Everything else proceeds from there. Charm casting is an oracle system where you have a kit of charms meant to each represent something specific, and you'll often have a special surface to use as a board to interpret the charms. You toss the charms and then read their placement to divine their message. Bone throwing is a specific tradition of charm casting, and each bone has a particular significance. Charms can be bones, but they can also be shells, rocks, small representational trinkets, or something else that you can attach a meaning to. Dice can also be used in divination. You can use numerology to interpret a roll of dice, and there are also special sets of divination dice, such as astrology dice or tarot dice. Runes have always been fairly common, and they're definitely gaining in popularity. I'm still a novice, but I've had some really wonderful experiences with rune readings. A rune set can be made of wood, stone, metal, bone, or sometimes resin, and it's typically made up of 25 pieces. The 24 symbols of the Elder Futhark alphabet and a blank rune. Each symbol has its own unique significance. You can cast runes by tossing them, although I personally like to draw my runes by hand. You may also sometimes see rune sets that are not Norse, but are instead Wiccan, Celtic, or belonging to a different system, and these are usually sold as witches' runes. A very straightforward method of divination is the use of a pendulum. A pendulum can be beautifully elaborate, or as simple as a needle on a string. You can use a special pendulum board, or you can choose to interpret the patterns and directions in which your pendulum swings. Basically, a pendulum is allowed to swing from your hand, and you ask questions which are answered by the swinging pendulum. For example, a no might be a left to right swing, while a yes might be an up and down swing. Pendulum boards can be inscribed with other things that will give you more to interpret, such as letters, symbols, or even seasons or sabbats. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with astrology in some way or another. Basically, astrology is the use of the positions of celestial bodies to create horoscopes and horary observations. Astrology is a huge field of study with many different branches. I definitely consider myself a novice, and it can take a very long time to study and grow beyond the basics of astrology. Divination is a major field of practice, and personally, I tend to see it as separate from but adjacent to witchcraft. You can be into divination and not be a witch, and not all witches want to use divination. So 
How can divination add to your practice of witchcraft? Firstly, you can use divination to check out the potential results of a magical working. Going even further, divination can be used to work out the timing and other details of your magical work. You may also want to use divination to receive messages from deities or other spirits. Divination can also be used for shadow work, meditation, or other introspective work that can help your spiritual practice. This is meant to be a very basic primer of some of the more popular systems of divination. As always, I encourage you to do your own research and fall down the rabbit holes which call to you the most. And I also welcome you to reach out to me and tell me all about your divination practice. Feel free to check out the show notes to see some of the resources that I would recommend. For our tarot reading today, I'm using the Tarot in Wonderland deck because I feel a little like I just have Alice in Wonderland on the brain these days. Our card this week is the Ten of Pentacles, which I'm pretty sure was also our card last week, but this is a really cute Ten of Pentacles. This card shows Alice asleep in a really big chair with these little kittens and below her sleeps another cat who I think is meant to be Dinah. Above her, the Ten Pentacles are part of this beautiful chair and then above the chair, it looks like there are some portraits of her family. For me, this version of the Ten of Pentacles really highlights more of that cozy, comfortable aspect of the home. And although everything in this card is beautiful, I don't necessarily feel that this one is so much about financial success or wealth. And actually, as she made her way through Wonderland, trying to get home or trying to find her way around, this might have been the image that she carried in her mind to motivate her and keep her going. And I really like that way of interpreting the Ten of Pentacles, that it's something that you can use as motivation. Um, it's an idea that you can hold with you and carry with you. So if this is resonating with you, now might be the time when you might want to start making lists of your intentions and things that you want to manifest. Seeing this card right now makes me feel like maybe I might be ready to start doing some more petition work. And that's very interesting because actually the day that this is being recorded, this is being recorded on the 9th, there's a new moon. And the new moon is usually when I would probably be more likely to do some petition work or to do things that might start some manifestations. So I'm definitely going to keep this in mind um, as I continue on throughout my day. As always, thank you so much for listening and for joining me here in the Witch Hut. You can keep up with the podcast on Instagram at the Witch Hut Pod. And you can also follow my personal account at Pigeon Sauvage. And if you have any questions about witchcraft that you'd like to hear answered on the podcast, you can feel free to DM it to either one of those accounts. And until next time, stay safe, healthy, and magical. <laughs>